Good evening and welcome to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. Happy Friday the 13th, everyone. I have a very interesting show lined up for you this evening, but before we launch into it, I want to remind everyone that I still need calls about your hometown legends. Now, every town has one, and I want yours for the Season 2 finale. So far, I've only had a few calls submitted, so please, don't let me down. Submit today. And while we're on the subject of calls... I'll be completely frank here. With the holidays and everything going on, the calls just haven't been coming in like they used to. Going into the holidays, I had a nice library put together, but it didn't take long to blow through those reserves. So I'm asking you for your help. If you've been sitting on a call, debating whether or not to submit, please pull the trigger. Or perhaps you're brand new to the show and you have a story to share. Without your calls, the show simply cannot go on. Okay, I said my piece. Let's dig into tonight's show. Our first call of the night comes from our neighbors to the north. This is Emily's call from Toronto. Hello, Emily here. I recently finished binge listening to your podcast and figured I'd write in and share my experience. I grew up just north of Toronto, Canada. This is my biggest paranormal experience I've ever had and it still gives me the shivers today. When I was 8 years old, one of my older brothers was tragically killed in an accident. He was only 13 years old. The day of his funeral came and went, and you can imagine we were all super exhausted at the end of an emotional day. And my mom had just finished saying goodnight to me and had already left the room and gone to bed herself. I had always slept with my door open as a kid, and after this experience, to this day, I can't even have the door open a crack when I go to sleep. It has to be shut super tight. I've never been someone who falls asleep the second their head hits the pillow, so I was just kind of looking around my room, waiting for sleep to come. It was a clear summer night, and there was a street lamp directly outside my window, so my room wasn't totally dark. As my eyes panned over towards the door, I remembered that an electric, almost static feeling fell over the room. Like hair on the back of my neck and arms stood straight up kind of feeling. When I finally looked over at the door, I froze. Standing in the doorway was the figure of a person. It was strange because most of the ghosts you hear about are white or see-through or something like that, your typical run-of-the-mill ghost. This one, however, was a solid light blue mass with the clear outline of a human shape. Arms, legs, head, everything just standing in the doorway watching me. It had a weight to it, and the strangest part about it to me was the fact that the figure looked like TV static. Remember the old TVs that if you left on too long they would go to that black and white static screen? The whole figure was that, 
glowing blue and in human form. It took me a minute to unfreeze and I quickly hid under the blankets. After another minute or so, I ventured a look from under the sheets and it was gone. I immediately ran to my mom's room and I spent the night with my parents. I was told it was probably just my brother coming back to make sure I was okay to say a final goodbye, which didn't make the experience any less terrifying to an eight-year-old me. Looking back now, I kind of remember that I never for a second felt threatened by whatever or whoever it was. It was just the shock of it all. I know it can be easily said that it was just my imagination, but my mom had a strict rule against all things scary or horror-related, and I didn't see my first horror film until I was about 15. I never suffered from nightmares as a child, so I'm not really sure why my brain would have conjured this image up. Anyways, that's my ghost story. I would love to know if any other listeners had experienced this kind of TV static type entities before. Love your show. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Emily. I'm very sorry to hear about your brother. Losing a loved one is rough, let alone at such a young age. Thinking back on your story, I managed to come up with one plausible, albeit far-fetched, explanation. You'd mentioned that the sighting was on the day of your brother's funeral. Now I'm going to assume that, like most any funeral, there were many tears shed that day. Now perhaps, if you did indeed cry a considerable amount that day, I'm assuming here, so please forgive me, perhaps that extra stress on your eyes caused some sort of temporary halo effect. Maybe constantly rubbing them affected your sight in the short term. This, coupled with the stress of your loss, could have caused you to see things that simply weren't there or possibly distort something mundane such as a hanging jacket or sweater. Then again, the way you described the encounter almost made it sound as if the figure itself had a glow to it, as you suggested, similar to the static on an old television set. So if that's the case, then my theory could be way off. So I did some digging around and managed to find a few instances of people describing a static-like texture to a silhouette. One story in particular was eerily similar to your encounter. The following is a story taken from YourGhostStories.com and was submitted from the state of New Jersey back in 2015. This story takes place when I was just a little kid. It's in the house I grew up in and currently still live in to this day. Now it's a fairly old house and at one point... A long time ago, before I was born, it was used as a doctor's office. I am not aware that anyone has died here, but it was a long time before I was born, so I'll probably never know. Anyway, I don't remember exactly what age I was. I was probably around four to maybe eight years old. I don't know what I saw. Maybe it was a ghost. Maybe it was my young childhood imagination. Or maybe I created fake memories in my own head. I don't know. What I do know is what I used to see. For whatever reason, no matter where I went, only in my house though, I used to see things. I could be staring directly at them or they would be in my peripherals. I used to see these things and I figured as a kid, if I can see them, everyone else can. But when I would mention them to my parents or anyone for that matter, no one would believe me and they would all say that they didn't see anything. The things I saw were figures of some sort. There was usually two of them, sometimes only one, but they were always in my house. They were human shape, I guess. They weren't shadows so much as they were silhouettes. Oh yeah, and they were made of what looked like TV static. 
but they didn't make a sound. No white noise, nothing. They would just stand there. They had arms and legs and a head, but no features, no eyes, no nose, no mouth. No face at all. You know, no hair on their heads even. Absolutely nothing. They stood together like a couple, side by side. They were really only in two spots that I ever recall seeing them. In the living room, at the front door, and in the frame connecting the kitchen to the dining room. From what I could recall, I assumed they were a man and a woman. I don't know what I saw, or if I even ever saw it, but I have talked about it to my parents, and they remember me telling them about it when I was a kid. Anyway, that's all I can really talk about. Normally, I wouldn't in a million years post my possibly insane psychotic experiences, but I had a very vivid dream last night about these things. But I know this isn't a dream site, so I won't go into the detail unless anyone reading asks me to. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to read this. Hopefully I'm not crazy, and if you've had a similar experience with static people, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. So, apparently, Emily, you're not alone. It seems the phenomenon is rare, but not unheard of. So thank you again for calling in, and I hope this story helped you out. Our next call comes to us from Melissa in Florida. Take it away, Melissa. Hi, this is Melissa. I am in Florida, but I used to live in Michigan. And um, when living in Michigan, we were in northern Michigan and we had quite a bit of property. Uh, very, very rural property, about 10 miles to the closest town. And um, one night on my way home from work, I was coming home and I came down a um, back road, dirt road, and it was summertime. I had all the windows down. I was driving a tracker, a geo tracker with a soft top. And I was coming down the dirt road going fairly slow because it was a dirt road and the, there was a lot of washboard bumps. It'll make you lose control if you're going too fast. So I was going maybe 20 miles an hour and I saw in the swamp to the right of me there was a swamp and on the other side of that was the highway. I had made a hairpin turn under this back road and I could see through the swamp to the highway because the sun was shining on the road but I couldn't see in the swamp because of the trees and what have you. It was very very dark in there but I caught out of my peripheral vision a something moving fast something tall and big moving fast and my first thought was that one of my neighbor's horses had gotten loose and um, was running through the swamp because I couldn't think of anything else that could run through all that swampy muck that fast. Well, um, I looked back over. I actually turned my head to look at what had caught my attention. And for just a split second, a couple seconds, I saw that whatever this was, was quite tall and upright and running on two legs. And um, the swamp kind of goes down, it's like in a ditch a little bit. So in order for me to see it the way I was seeing it, basically eye level with its eyes head, I didn't see details, but I was about the same height as it. 
I was up on the road in a car, and it was in the swamp down kind of a ditch. It had to be at least eight, eight and a half feet tall to be that tall that I could see it. I saw the head and the shoulders and the arm, the arm pumping and the leg. I couldn't see the whole thing because the trees were blocking pieces of it, but I could see like one arm back, one knee forward, no neck, round head, and I could tell that it had hair on it because the hair was flapping as it ran like on the back of its arms and what have you. So the rate, the way that this thing was running and the way I was going on the road, at some point, this was going to intersect me. And when I looked back to the road to make sure it didn't crash, and I looked back into the swamp, I couldn't see it. So I didn't know if it had stopped and ducked down or if it had gotten ahead of me or what. But I was afraid the whole time on the way home that it was going to cut me off um, and intersect me. And whatever this thing was, it was extremely huge, very muscular, very powerful, and I'm sure it could have gotten into my car if it wanted to. Um, also, when living on that same property um, in the spring, it was actually a couple years before I saw this, um, but in the springtime, my husband at the time, my ex-husband now, woke me up about 3 o'clock in the morning and said, come here, you got to hear this. And I got up and went out the sliding glass door in the back and heard the sound. And it was something screaming. It was a scream, roar, yell, all into one. And it was um, extremely loud to the point where you could actually feel it. Like um, you could feel the sound hit you as if you're at a concert and you're too close to the speaker and you can hear, feel the sound vibrating through your chest. When this thing went off, you could feel it and it had to be probably a quarter of a mile away, maybe not quite that far. Um, and it was super loud and I know it sounds crazy, but the closest thing that I've ever heard that even comes close to what I heard is the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. It wasn't exactly like that, but that's the closest thing that I can come up with to what it sounded like. It was that loud and that powerful. Um, there was also, it would go off. Like every, I don't know, every 30 seconds. And it would last for a really long time. It would last for 8 to 10 seconds, which is a long time to be that loud. Um, and I've had people tell me, well, it was a fox or it was a bobcat. But unless it was a 900-pound fox or 900-pound bobcat, I highly doubt it. Because whatever it was had an extremely large lung capacity was pushing a lot of air with this vocal and it was very scary uh, we didn't know what it was I had no clue about 
Bigfoot or anything like that. The thought never even occurred to me. I was just puzzled as to what it was. Um, I never believed in Bigfoot or anything at the time. Um, I kind of changed my mind since after my visual sighting of that thing running next to my car. Um, but it was very scary because it was very close to the house. Uh, it never moved. It never got farther away. never got closer to the house. It just stayed in that one position wherever it was. And, yeah, it was really scary. But uh, my son still lives up there. And he uh, put his voice recorders out in the woods and left them out there all night. And he's gotten some pretty crazy stuff on there. So uh, that doesn't sound like the normal animals that are around there. So it's pretty scary and it's pretty um, convincing to the fact that there are things out there that we don't we don't know about, we don't understand. Um, I just found your podcast recently. I really like it. Kind of going through it, binge, binge listening, I guess you could say. Um, I did have kind of one suggestion I was thinking of because I just listened to your stars telling about UFOs that they've seen. And um, Les Stroud has had, I believe, two uh, what he considers Sasquatch encounters. Um, something you might want to look into and maybe play on your show or or um, dig into a little more so that you can find. They're pretty interesting in coming from somebody like him that is outside all the time out in the woods in extremely remote areas. Um, it's pretty convincing that somebody with his experience would come out and say they believe they've run into something like that. Um, so anyway, I love your podcast. You're doing a great job. And thanks a lot. Thank you, Melissa. There are several things that I really enjoyed about your call. The first thing that struck me is that you had not one, but two experiences while living in that location. Neither were over the top, nor so outlandish that they could not be believed. And secondly, you hit on something that not a lot of people have heard of. It's a growing theory that if a Sasquatch or Bigfoot type creature exists, it may possess the ability to produce something called infrasound. Large animals such as lions, tigers, elephants, whales, and giraffes use infrasound to communicate. These sounds emitted are at a very, very low frequency, 20 hertz or less. At this level, humans cannot even hear them. But on occasion, I guess they can be felt, often received as a low rumbling in the chest or abdomen. So this brings us back to Bigfoot or Sasquatch. As I mentioned, it's theorized that these creatures, if real, could use those same sounds to communicate, warn others, or even in hunting. So in short, perhaps that's which you experienced that night. As for your mention of Les Stroud, for those that aren't familiar, Les is a Canadian television personality and host of the Discovery Channel series Survivor Man. Survivor Man happens to be one of my favorite television programs. A couple of years ago, Les put together a handful of episodes called Survivor Man Bigfoot and put his talents to work tracking the mythical beast throughout North America. But before this offshoot series was produced, Les had his own experience while filming an episode, but I'll allow him to describe it in his own words. Nothing that I have ever heard in my you know, years of being in the forest makes a sound like that. That sound was way louder than a man could make it. 
I can't, I can imitate it, but I can't make it as loud as it was. It ripped through my body when I heard it. More interesting and craziest questions that I get asked is what's the weirdest thing that I experience when I'm out there? And, you know, do I have any experience with strange sounds or, you know, quote unquote, Bigfoot? I have no idea what the answer is. But what I do know is what I experienced in Alaska. It was about day three or day four, maybe day five, and I was making a grass mat for my shelter. I wanted something to sleep on. And, I, you know, I was, I was gathering the grass and, and, and filming it and stuff. And then I, if I remember correctly, I put the camera off to the side because as it always happens when I'm, when I'm out surviving and, and I'm filming for Survivor Man, there's a moment where I've captured the story of making the fire or building the shelter. And it's like, okay, now I have to just stop the filming and actually do it for a while. I have to actually build the shelter for a while without running the camera because I got to get it done. You know, and uh, this was one of those moments. Put the camera away and or down and just thought, well, I got to start gathering some grass. I need a better bed. I started to gather the grass and, um, and I heard something in the tree about 50 yards away, maybe less. And I, and I stopped and I froze. And then all of a sudden I, I heard it and I heard this sound. I'll just do it. It goes like this. Now, I've heard moose, I've heard bear, I've heard wolves, I can make the wolves howl. But I've never heard a sound like that before. I mean, it sounded exactly like a great ape. It didn't, it didn't sound like anything North American, any animal that I've ever experienced, and I've experienced a lot of animals. And the thing was, it didn't just do it once, it did that five more times louder than I just did it. And I keep looking over at my camera thinking if I could get over to my camera, and I'm frozen solid, thinking if I could get over to my camera and flip it on and even just get the audio would be something. But I waited this out, and the second I went over to try to reach for the camera to turn it on, bam, crash, smash, bam, crash. And this thing just, whatever it was, took off through the trees and was gone. Now I'm in the middle of Alaska, and I was freaked out for the rest of my time there. I have no idea what it was, but it wasn't a moose, and it wasn't a bear. So I really don't know. That's my, that's, my, my, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And that does it for this episode of Monsters Among Us. But before I go, please remember to rate and review the show. A five-star rating and a short description of why you like the show will be a huge boost when it comes to reaching a wider audience, and I really appreciate everyone that's already submitted. I'd like to take a second to thank Jamie in Canada. Your gracious donation is a huge help to keep the show afloat. If you want to be like Jamie and support the show monetarily, simply head over to the website at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com and click on the Donate tab at the top of your screen. Literally, any amount is helpful. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links to those accounts can also be found on the webpage. I'd like to thank Sarah for her vocal contributions to this episode. And lastly, music from tonight's show was provided by Mayu, Kevin McLeod, and Nature World 1986. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.